0: We're so glad that you tuned into our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Kinley Tag, the Kids Pastor at Rolling Hills Community Church. Today, we're kicking off the new year with a focus on the importance of the church and what our heart is here at Rolling Hills. In today's sermon, Pastor Nick will be teaching about the importance of the church as the body of believers in the midst of all that's going on in the world today. Now, here's Nick. It's a new year, a new beginning. So there's no better time to come together with a voice that finds common ground in our belief in Christ and His Church. A voice that reaches out with a heart of love and change. A voice that ministers to the lost, both here and to the ends of the earth. A voice of excellence driven by prayer and joy. And with this voice, with these voices, we can move forward together as as one one voice. voice. Well, good morning. I'm glad that you're wherever you are, and I'm really glad to be where I am. Happy New Year, church. Um, It would appear um, as if I drew what some might regard as a very short straw, um, coming to deliver the message on January the 3rd, 2021, arguably your first sermon of the year coming off the year that we've had. And I'm in a room full of almost no one Except for a few worship folks and some production people, whom I'm very grateful for. I don't know what you do and how you do it, but it it really is amazing. All I really want to do is say congratulations. At the end of 2020, we made it. Maybe we should all just go get ice cream. Of course, we'll wear our masks, and it'll be super safe, and, and, and we will love it. If you're like me in any way at all. Um, you're looking back over the last year that we had and you thought to yourself at the beginning of 2020, you began that year thinking, man, what a nice ring this year has to it. 2020 sounds amazing. And not only does it sound amazing, it's gonna be amazing. Maybe my best year yet. And you had goals and you had ideas and you had schedules and you had plans and you had destinations of everything that was gonna make this year really, really incredible. And then it kind of just all fell apart. And so now, if in any way you're like me, you're looking at this next year, 2021, with some sort of rumblings of excitement. You've got a little bit of energy about some ideas and some plans, but you're scared to say them out loud. You're looking at 2021 with a little bit of stink eye going, what kind of year are you going to be? Wondering what it is going to turn out like. And I hope you're not like me in this regard, because there's this one word that keeps popping to mind as I look out at 2021, it's snakes. I know that that's weird, and I I hope that that's not the case for you. I think it's because of a a viral video that my wife, Susan, of 20 years, who knows me very well, sent me on Twitter just the other day um, to remind me that out there in the world, there are always things that could be worse. Did you know that there are people out there who willingly lay themselves down on massage tables so that snakes can be let out of a basket, live ones, and crawl all over their bodies? Some people believe it's therapeutic. I think it's they're crazy, and there is no way under the sun that that would ever happen to me. And I'm sitting here, I've not been able to get, I've not been able to stop thinking about snakes, and so therefore I've not been able to continue sleeping. And I've, I've been reminded of this one thing that people my whole life, knowing that this is my greatest fear, have always said to me, and I don't believe any of them, but they have always repeated this phrase over and over and over again. Hey, Nick, did you know that snakes are more afraid of you than you are of them. They don't know me that well, because there's no way that a snake is more afraid of me than I am of it. And if you'll follow me for just a second, I think we'll make a connection. Because I'm looking out at at, at 2021, and and maybe you're joining me, looking out at this year, and, and you think, based on the year that we've just had, I am far more afraid of 2021 than 2021 is of me. But there's a juxtaposition that I believe that the Word of God wants to make for us today. I really am. Um, In every way that's possible, I'm all about this brand new year, and I'm really thankful to be in this spot today. Because in light of everywhere that we've been over the last 12 months and everything that we believe and know to be true in this word of God, I think we can land on something that matters, not just more than, but something that matters most in 2021. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together from wherever in worship. So Father, I pray that this morning, That you would make us a people who, in spite of whatever distractions are present, in spite of whatever fears are present, that you would make us a people who in some way can really lean in and understand that what matters most to you is what should matter most to us. And as we start a brand new year, I pray that our focus and our purpose and our values, and our ideas, and our, and our thoughts, and our goals, and, and everything that there is to be about us would be all about the things that are of you. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, who is Savior, who is Lord, that we pray. Amen. As Pastor Jeff and leadership teams at Rolling Hills are... Are actively praying and discerning and seeking and making really big decisions about what church life looks like for us in 2021, especially in-person church life in 2021. I really want to just pose the question to you today, wherever you're at, like, what does church mean to you in 2021? And what what part will you play in this? And I say this, um, not just because my whole life's work has been surrounding the local church. I say this Um, Because I believe that Scripture backs me up, that that what you do with the church and what you do in the church and what you do in light of the church matters more than any other goal and any other plan and any other idea that you have for this next year. And so we're going to dive into a couple of passages of Scripture today. If you have your Bibles with you, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 13 and read those words aloud together. We're going to examine a couple of passages of Scripture that support the fact that Church matters. It matters now maybe more than ever before in our lifetime. And we're gonna see that today from an encounter with Jesus. It says in the book of Matthew, starting in chapter 16, verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. says to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. We know that to be the Greek word ekklesia. It means assembly. It means gathering. And I realize that I'm talking to you today about the importance of life in the local church when we are not gathered in person together. I realize that I am talking to you about the importance of the local church when we spent the majority of 2020 with room-sized caps in every one of our auditoriums. I realize that I'm talking to you about the importance of church life in 2020 when in-person gatherings have been impeded in a lot of ways. And we had to make the decision right on the precipice of Christmas Eve to go back to an online-only format. I realize that I'm talking to you about the importance of the gathering, the importance of the assembly when we're not assembled in one room but scattered out about on a lot of rooms. And yet, God's Word has something really important to say to us, indicating to us that, that, that church maybe matters more now than ever before. It's in your notes if you're following along with our church app or you're clicking the notes section on the online format of church. Church matters in 2021 because not everyone knows and understands Jesus. Do you catch what Jesus is doing in this moment? He's walking into a new region and he's asking his disciples, hey, who do people say that I am? It's all about his reputation. What are my reviews? What's, what's the word out on the street? And this is how they reply. They said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're, you're kind of a revolutionary. You're, you're, you're kind of eclectic, you're kind of different. Others say you're Elijah, you're a miracle worker. You're a guy who did some really crazy things. And some say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. All really good things. Jesus has a great reputation in this moment. And then he poses the question, who do you say that I am? If the disciples who have been with Jesus up to two years at this point still have any doubts and any concerns about who Jesus is, it's, it's no wonder that there are still doubts and concerns about who Jesus is today. It's not just the 12 that we know who've been walking with Jesus for two years. Crowds have been following him wherever he goes, hoping to catch a word from him that will change their outlook and perspective on life and the oppression that they dealt with. They're hoping to see or receive a miracle from him that will change the course and the direction of their life. Crowds everywhere are pressing in around on Jesus and they still have some sort of doubt, some sort of question, some sort of misinterpretation of who he is, and we've gone a lot further than just two years now. Try 2,000, and we're still trying to define who Jesus is. Several years ago, I set out in the life of Rolling Hills and really in my own ministry to be able to sum up and identify what is the definition of a disciple. And of course, I landed like, how do we boil it down to like its lowest common denominator, its easiest understood definition? And it was this idea of, well, a a disciple is a follower of Jesus because it's not enough just to be a student of Jesus. It's not enough to be a scholar of Jesus. It's not enough just to study and know about Jesus. It's all about being a follower. That word implies movement. It implies direction, it implies action. Jesus, when he called his disciples, he didn't say, hey, come and learn about me. He said, come and follow me. But really quickly, I landed on the idea that it wasn't enough to say that we are followers of Jesus. We have to say that we're followers of Jesus Christ. Because it's not enough just to look at the words that Jesus said. It's not enough just to look at the life that Jesus lived. We have to look at the life that he lived laid down. And if Jesus is not Savior, being any of those other things does not matter. Church matters in 2021 because you and I, as a body of believers, are called to portray and to protect the value of who Jesus really is. Why? Because some might be tempted to wander or to compromise. James, the brother of Jesus, he wrote these words. It's recorded for us in James chapter five, verse 19. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and you have to look at that salutation, my brothers and sisters, that was an indication of disciples, brothers and sisters, people who had chosen to follow Jesus, people who had understood and expressed faith in Jesus, people who believed in the salvation from Jesus, and yet they wandered from the truth. I, I've seen it. I've seen it in places that I never ever imagined as a, as a minister in the life of the local church for 20 years now. I've I've seen it in places and you've seen it too. People that you never ever would have imagined stepping away from faith in Jesus and wandering away from the truth of this word have in fact wandered. Maybe you know the words to the hymn, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. It was Robert Robinson in 1757 who wrote those words. He was barely in his 20s having just converted to faith in Jesus and scholars differ on the nature of his ministry and the rest of his life, particularly his latter years and his connection to a Unitarian church which did not share the conviction that Jesus Christ alone is Savior and Jesus Christ alone is Messiah. Some people believe that the man who wrote the words prone to wander actually did wander. And because we are a people who are really easily tempted, and because we are a people who are like sheep, prone to go astray, church matters. Our connection to this word matters. Our connections to one another matters because some are prone to wander. Listen to this, nothing matters more. Nothing matters more than who you agree, who we collectively agree that Jesus is nothing matters more than who you say Jesus is it's not enough to understand the reputation of Jesus it's not enough to understand historical documents about Jesus it's not enough to understand scriptural assertions about Jesus it's not enough that your grandmother expressed faith in Jesus it's not enough that I as your pastor express faith in Jesus who do you say Jesus is and so Simon turned it around and said you are the messiah You are the son of the living God. Nothing matters more in our lives. Nothing matters more in 2021 or in 2022 or in any of the 2020s or 30s or 40s or any of the other years that we are allowed to have in this life. Nothing matters more than who we say that Jesus is because salvation, it's in Acts chapter four, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven, we're talking about Jesus, no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. We must agree on that confession of Jesus because nothing matters more than who we understand Jesus to be. And here we go, this is why. Church matters in 2021 because of our confession of faith. Our church belongs to Jesus. And it's still being built today. What, what did Jesus say? Uh, 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 oh, that's great. Oh, oh, this is fantastic, Peter, because this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. The truth that you just claimed and that the pronouncement that you just made was revealed to you directly by God Almighty. And then he says these amazing words to Peter. He says, okay, you, Simon Peter, you, you are the rock on which I will build my church, not any church, not some other church, but Jesus's church. And that church is still being built today. Based on vocabulary words, whether Jesus was speaking Greek, the common language of the day, whether he was talking Aramaic, which was his native language, or whether he was speaking Hebrew to these Jewish kids, that they would have understood that language. Based on vocabulary words, we have some questions about what rock Jesus was talking about. Because right here, was he talking about Petro, the, the masculine version of rock, the, the derivative of where we get the name Peter from? If your name is Peter out there, your name means the rock. That's a good word. You can hang on to that and be excited about it. Like, is he talking about that rock? The Catholics have certainly believed so. That somehow because of apostolic succession, every single pope that has come after Peter has ultimate authority over the life of the church because there's a connection to the rock of the church being built directly on this disciple. But but then Jesus goes back and he says, I will build my church on this. Okay, the Petra rock, it's a, a feminine use of that word. It's different than the Petro work. So, so maybe he wasn't talking about Peter specifically. Maybe he was talking about some other rock. Generally, later on, Peter would write a letter to the church and he would use that word Petra to refer to the rock that Jesus is. So, so maybe we're going to build our life on Jesus. Maybe he was talking about a, maybe he was talking about a physical rock. Like they're in the region of Caesarea Philippi, which is a mountainous region, and a couple years ago I was able to go to to Israel and to see a lot of these places, and the Bible came to life. I hope that we're able to begin those study tours again so that you can have a chance to go to one of those places, and we landed in Caesarea Philippi, and it wasn't always called that. It was originally a a Greco-Roman city called Panios, where they worshipped the god Pan and a myriad of other gods and Goddesses, and it was in this region, now named Caesarea Philippi, dedicated to Caesar, or Herod the Great's son, Philip, named it that, so that people could still worship whatever God they wanted to. It's not an accident that in this region, full of all kinds of crazy, false, God-nasty, insane worship practices, that Jesus chose this as the place where a declaration would be made that he is the one True, living God. There is a, a, a place there in Caesarea Philippi, a, a cave where a, a river once flowed out of it. And it was believed by pagan worshipers that this was a place, the doorway to hell. So so maybe in this moment, if Jesus is talking about this rock and the gates of Hades will not overcome it, he was talking about a literal place that people could have recognized in that moment. Or maybe Jesus was talking about another kind of rock. Maybe he was talking about the actual confession of faith that Peter made in him. Regardless of the specificity of the rock that he's talking about, we can be certain about the church that he's talking about. It's his church. Jesus said I will build my church. It's that assembly. It's that gathering. That's why we know that long before we came to the warehouse that I'm in today at our Franklin campus, or long before we inhabited any of the buildings that we operate out of in in Nolensville or in Nashville, long before we ever came to any of those permanent facilities, we were still a church. His church, people of God, reaching out, growing up, and giving our all for him. Folks at our, all of our campuses, really, they know Mary Catherine Hunt as the executive director of Justice and Mercy International, our missions arm. I first met Mary Catherine 13 years ago at the movie theater where we operated in Cool Springs um, for a number of years setting up kids' rooms on Sunday mornings where she was a kids' teacher because before she was the executive director of JMI, she was an executive at Lifeway who volunteered in kids' ministry on Sunday morning. And if you had gone back all of those years and said, hey, Mary Catherine, do you imagine that you're gonna leave your job and one day go and be the director of a missions agency that Rolling Hills hasn't yet even started, she would have probably said, ah, I don't really think so. That doesn't seem like what's going to happen. But God has continued to do a transformative work in the life of people. Folks at our Nolensville campus, they know Mark Allberg really well. He's served in practically every ministry area of the church. I met Mark in a movie theater floor teaching three-year-olds on Sunday mornings with the a dear friend of ours who's now gone to be with Jesus, named Sarah Izzell, God has continued to do a transformative work in the life of people who make their claim in Jesus Christ. You guys here may know Darren Clark as the commissioner of the Father and Son Bowl, which we'll be having again this year in a in a different kind of format. But long before there was a Father and Son Bowl, long before he was the father of four sons, just. Three of them back then, I met Darren Clark pushing the carts of kids' materials out of that movie theater on Sunday mornings to load it back into the truck that we set up in. And his sons, Noah, elementary school kids and Caleb were helping at that point. Fourth son, Michael, wasn't even born yet. And now Noah and Caleb are both out of high school. Noah's graduated college and he's engaged to be married. God continues to do a transformative work in the life of People, and he wants to do a transformative work in, in the lives of you and me too. He's still writing every one of those stories. He's still writing your story. This confession of faith that you make in Jesus Christ is always meant to be built upon. The, the places that you serve, the relationships that you engage, the people that you encounter, this relationship with Jesus is always meant to be built on. We're gonna look at Ephesians chapter four. It says this, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, that's an important clause in love, we will grow to become in every respect, in every respect, the mature body, the church, the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. We're all meant to be growing. That's why that daily step, Bible reading that Chase mentioned before is really important. You can find it on our website. You can find it on our mobile app. That's why the next steps of faith that we take as believers in Jesus Christ to be baptized or to partner with this local church or to invest in spiritual disciplines and practices that will literally change the course of not only our lives but the lives of all the people around us. That's why this discipleship, the action steps that you take to follow Jesus Christ, not only claiming him as your Savior but following him as your Lord every single day matters because we We were meant to grow. Church matters in 2021 because we are called to take really big, bold steps together. And don't forget this part. Matters in 2021 because we have an enemy and together we get to storm the gates. Jesus said, referencing that cave, referencing that hole, but referencing the idea that there was an enemy in life. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. There's something about that word gates that strikes me. What's a gate? Well, it's definitely an entry point, and that's certainly scary in this regard, not snake scary, but like literally scary. The gates of Hades, we know know what a gate is. A a gate at my house is attached to a fence, and it serves the purpose of keeping all the things that I want to stay in, in, like my golden doodle and like my eight-year-old, like I want them to stay in, so I shut the gate and they can't get out. Well, it also serves to keep everything out that we want out to stay out, like the Hall Coyotes, because those are a real thing, and like my neighbor's dog, Penny, because she comes and messes things up. Like, I get it, like there's certain things that we want to keep in, and there's certain things that we want to keep out, but yet we still need an entry point, so we install a gate. It strikes me as odd that, that hell would have a, a gate. You see, a gate to me seems like something that's, that's on the defense. And I think we as believers in Jesus Christ spend a lot more of our time and a lot more of our energy and a lot more of our ideas and a lot more of our study trying to defend ourselves from the enemy. And certainly, some of our spiritual battle is defense. But as a church... Today, in 2021, and for all time, if you're always playing defense, I'm about to use a sports illustration, which is not my forte. If you're always playing defense, you, you never score a goal. Maybe as a church, we've spent so much time playing defense, we forgot what it's like to play defense offense, maybe instead of being more scared of our enemy, our enemies should be more scared of us. Maybe it's not us who need to be afraid of 2021, but 2021 needs to stand back and watch out because here comes the Church. Here, here comes the church. And there's a there's a disclaimer in this because we, we get this really, really wrong a lot of the time. And I, I want you to hear this rolling hills where, wherever you are, that there are believers out there, most of them are on Twitter and you hear about them all the time. Like there are believers out there who who think that playing offense for the kingdom of God means being verbally and virally aggressive towards unbelievers in this world. Playing offense doesn't mean being offensive. We just read in Ephesians chapter four that we are to speak truth in what? In love. That, 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 that in love clause matters a lot. So you and I take this and we, we apply it as needed. We as a church cannot spend all of our time being aggressively opposed to everything in this world in such a way that we forfeit our right to speak truth in love to the world in a way that it needs to hear it the most. In some ways, you and I are called in an uphill battle to, to take away the perceptions of the world because of the unnecessary offenses that the church has committed and continues to commit. We're we're making up lost ground. How are we doing that? Playing offense. We're doing it in a loving way. We're doing it in a kind way. Listen, the ground that we gain and, and the body that we build It matters. Ephesians chapter four continues. From him, that's Jesus. From him, the whole body, that's us, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. That's all of us working together as the church of Jesus Christ right now, in our day, in our generation. What do we do? We grow and we build ourselves up in love as each part does its work. So so what... What part of the church are you gonna play in 2021? There's an expression that I learned a long time ago and it's this idea of, well, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. It was this perception of like, yeah, we'll do what God wills and we'll do what God wants as long as the creeks don't rise. Well, I've substituted that in my mind these days to say, oh, well, Lord willing and the counts don't continue to go up because we know, here in Tennessee at least, that's, that's what we're told. So we can stand back and we can say well 2021 lord willing and the count doesn't continue to go up lord willing unless there's snakes around the corner what are you afraid of 2021 is 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 calling us to play offense to storm the gates to be a bold declarative church of Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, taking our confession of faith and building on that every layer of church with you, with your time, with your energy, with your thoughts, with your effort, and I dare say it, with with even your risk, 2020 is Calling us to be bold, and bold doesn't mean cavalier, bold doesn't mean irresponsible, but bold does mean hard, bold does mean difficult, bold does mean challenging. This church of Jesus Christ will be built by us or in spite of us. So the question that we ought to be asking, the goal that we ought to be setting, the, the, the value that we ought to be portraying, the, the identity that we ought to be taking on in our lives is what part will I play in? Not in Gallin's church, not Jeff Simmons' church, not Jason Hale's church, not Rolling Hills, but in his church, because it's his body. It, it, it's his assembly, and there is no enemy. There is no challenge. There is no difficulty. There is no circumstance that Can thwart. If there's anything that we learned from 2020, it's that nothing, not even the failure to meet in person, nothing can stop the church. So 2021, it it will be a year that our church grows and our church goes forward. Into places where people need to hear who Jesus is and why he matters. And that will take every single one of us making steps as believers, whether we are assembled in one auditorium or in a thousand tiny little living rooms all across this city, maybe even this nation, maybe even the world. I don't know where you're tuning in from today, but God has called you to be part of his church, his body his method of loving and reaching and taking the world by storm. 2021 needs to be far more afraid of us than we are of it because we're the church and no gate of anything can stand in our way. Would you pray with me? Father, we're so grateful for Jesus And so we make that our declaration today that you are Messiah and that you are Lord and that you are Savior. You are rock and you are healer and you are redeemer and you are sustainer. And we have learned throughout the course of 2020 all the things that we need you to be. You're everything. May we now, God, be reminded of all the things you've called us to be. Your people, your body, your church, your voice to a broken and desperate world, one that needs to see that Jesus loves them and that he died to save them. May we protect and portray that truth with everything that we have as a body of believers who share our confession and follow your son Jesus Christ wherever he should lead. It's in his holy, perfect, precious name that we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.